Hey there, Anna Guest Jelly here. Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast where we talk about and practice all things body affirming and yoga. Now let's get into it. Welcome, everybody. I hope you're having a good week. Today, I want to talk about where we can find body acceptance within the system of yoga. I find this really empowering to think about, to learn about, to reflect on in my own practice because it lets me know that there are many paths towards this process that are already kind of baked into the practice of yoga. So the first thing that I want to talk about is the koshas. And if you've ever seen one of those nesting dolls, do you know what I'm talking about? It's those dolls where um, the top and the bottom come apart and you open it up and then there's another smaller doll inside and so on and so on and so on until you get to one tiny one. Maybe there's like, I don't know, five or seven or something like that within. So this is kind of how I like to visualize the koshas. It's these layers or sheaths, was how it gets translated, of the body. So the first one is the anamaya kosha, and that is the physical body. So the one that we're typically the most well acquainted with in our kind of everyday activities. The next one, so if we were to kind of go in a layer, is the pranamaya kosha. And prana translates as energy, and people often talk about the easiest way to access that is through the breath. So the pranamaya kosha is our energy, particularly enlivened by our breath. The monomaya kosha is the mental body. So that includes our mind, our thoughts, sometimes our emotions as well. The next one is the vinyana maya kosha, and this is the subtle body. So this is going to include intuition, those gut feelings that you have, um, also some emotion here. And then the most inner one is the Anandamaya Kosha, which is the bliss body. Now, how great is that? (laughs) I think of this as those moments where you have just a sense of oneness, of wholeness, of your connection to the world around you. So I wanted to bring this up because I think one of the ways that yoga works for so many people, myself definitely included, particularly when you're first starting the practice, is the doorway is the body. So you go to class because of something happening with your body. Somebody said, oh, it'll be good if you are wanting to stretch or build strength or if you have pain you want to address. Something like that gets many of us through the door for the first time. Also, the body is typically what is most accessible for people to feel. So when your teacher says something like, you know, step your foot forward, notice what's happening in your knee, 
people generally have more availability to notice that than they do these other layers. Now, you have probably heard me talk about how hard it was for me to notice even the body level. So I definitely don't want you to hear me saying like, oh, that's a breeze. (laughs) Um, Because for me, it was the opposite of a breeze. Um, But just in general, it's easier for people to notice what's happening in their physical body than in their breath, you know, thoughts, emotions, etc. So your mileage may vary there, but (laughs) that's a generality. So we start with that physical body with the movement, and then we are able to notice over time more and more of these layers. So you may have seen in your own practice that over time you have more ability to notice what's happening with your breath in a yoga pose or in your everyday life. Same thing with your thought patterns, which we've talked about some here as well. So beginning to notice like, oh, it seems like these, you know, patterns of thoughts tend to arise around these specific occasions. For example, when I'm really stressed or when I didn't sleep well, you begin to be able to notice those things. So if you want a way to think about how is yoga helping us to notice these different things, within the body, I think the koshas is a helpful image and concept for that. And I have included an image of the koshas in the show notes this week if you, like me, are helped by having a visual. (laughs) So you can check that out if you're interested. So that's the koshas. And then the next thing I want to talk about is the eight limbs of yoga. And sometimes this is represented like a tree with tree limbs. So there's another visual for my visual friends who would like to have that. So there's eight different limbs that are part of the entirety of the practice of yoga. So like I mentioned, most of us are getting started with the physical practice of yoga, which is called asana, but there's even more to it than that. So actually, though many of us are first introduced to yoga through asana, it's not the first limb. The first limb is called the yamas. And again, for those of you who want to see this represented visually, see it written down, I do have a link for this in the show notes as well. So don't worry if you're like, oh wait, what was this one? You can go back and check it out later. So first one is the yamas. And A woman named Donna Farhi has a great book called Yoga, Mind, Body, and Spirit. And in that book, she describes the yamas as wise characteristics. And I really like that way of thinking about it. So here's the thing I want you to know, to remember, to write down on a post-it note, whatever is going to help you the most. The first yama is ahimsa. And that is nonviolence, or sometimes it's also translated as compassion. That's right. Yoga starts with compassion. (laughs) So if you find yourself in a moment on your yoga mat where you're like, oh, why can't I, you know, straighten my legs more in this forward bend or whatever the case is, just rewind. I don't know if that was a rewind noise, but just imagine that it was. (laughs) Bring yourself back to compassion because that is where this whole process starts. Isn't that amazing? That makes me so happy. The next yama is sacha, 
which is truthfulness. And I think about this in regards to body acceptance of being with your body as it is. So not your past body, not the future body that you hope that you have, but being with this body that you have today. The next one is Asteya, which is non-stealing. And that is obviously (laughs) as straightforward as it sounds. Um, But in relationship to body acceptance, I like to think about this as kind of, again, really being with what is true for you right now in the sense of you're not stealing, if you want to put it that way, from yourself in terms of putting all of your time and money and energy and other resources into changing your body. The next one is brahmacharya, which gets translated different ways. Some of the ways I like are sense control or moderation. And so this is a great one for those of us waving my hand wildly in the air, if you could see me, (laughs) who have a tendency to get into some black and white places in life. This can help you kind of find that middle way, which we talked about in an earlier episode. And then the last one here, aparigraha, is non-attachment. And oh my gosh, like how relevant is this to a conversation about body acceptance? So relevant! (laughs) Because when you, or if you, like me, spent a really long time dieting, dieting is all about attachment. (laughs) It's like the definition of attachment. You're attached to whatever the plan is, to whatever your goal or dream or fantasy in my case is. So this is letting that go, which can feel so scary, right? Like we think, oh my gosh, if I don't have my like fingernails hooked into this as tightly as possible, then my whole world is going to fall apart. But the truth of non-attachment is that it has such a freedom in it because it frees you to see and to be in a conversation with yourself to see what do I really need right now? What is relevant to this body right here? The second limb is the niyamas, which Jennifer, he translates as codes for living soulfully. I also love that. (laughs) So the first one is saucha, which is purity, which honestly is not like I hate the idea of talking about purity because I think it gets us into the whole detox craze that's going on right now, which I think of as just a diet by a different name. Um, So I think that that can be a little bit tricky to think about. Santosha, which translates as contentment. I just feel like, ah, (laughs) when I hear that, contentment. And I really think about this one as spending more of my time living in my body, being in conversation with my body, and less time thinking about my body, which is pretty much defines like the first 30 years of my life. (laughs) Okay, so up next in the Niyamas is Tapas, and this sometimes gets translated as heat or discipline, but I love a translation from Donna Farhi yet again, which is burning enthusiasm. 
Um, for some of us, especially with a dieting history, discipline can be a really kind of treacherous terrain. So I think enthusiasm can give us a more broad framework, let's say. It makes a little bit more space. Next up is Svadhyaya. And this one is my personal favorite because it means self-study. And I think it is really what this path is laying out for us. It's helping us to know ourselves better, even through those different layers of the body that we talked about earlier with the koshas. And then the last one is Ishvara Pranidhana. And the way that I think about this is really that sense of oneness with the universe around you. So not each of the limbs have a bunch of different things underneath it. So those are the first two. The next one is asana. So this is where the yoga poses come in. So if you didn't catch that, one is yamas, two is niyamas, three is asana. So I love that because asana is neither the most important at the beginning nor the most important at the end, depending on how you kind of frame it. It is in between. It's something that helps us in the whole process, but it's not the whole thing. And what I find really liberating about that is it just frees you up if you have any of those moments where you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to do fill in the blank pose with whatever comes to mind for you. Therefore, I'll never be a true yogi. Um, no. (laughs) Yoga is really a tool, a vehicle, etc. to this deeper knowledge of yourself. So you can get that via any pose (laughs) done in any way. No particular pose is required. The next one is pranayama. So you might have your ears perk up a little when you hear me say prana there. We already talked about that earlier when we talked about the pranamaya kosha. So pranayama is breath work. So this is when you can work with your breath. You can change the length of your inhale and exhale. You could count your breath. Different ways to just connect you with that energy. Next is pratyahara, which is withdrawal of the senses. And I think about this as turning inside listening to the body. The next one is dharana, which is concentration. So as you start to turn your energy within, let's talk about um, a body scan. So you may have done that before if you've been in any kind of yoga class. They will typically start you at the feet or at the head and ask you to check in with different parts of your body, maybe make a little bit of movement or just observe and then move on from there. So when you're putting your attention on one part of the body, that could be an example of dharana or concentration. The next one is dhyana, which is meditation. So if we take this body scan example, typically how this goes, once you've worked through the body in individual body parts, there may come a moment, this is what I tend to do personally when I teach, where you're asked to expand your awareness through your entire body. So take the whole body into your awareness. And meditation is one way to think about that, this kind of wide mind idea. 
awareness. You're not in much so much a single focus, but you've expanded that awareness to invite in whatever is happening in that moment, particularly within your own body. The last one is samadhi, which some people would translate as that moment of enlightenment. But what I find helpful here is kind of hearkening back to something along the lines of what we talked about earlier, where this isn't a goal exactly that you're going to get to, and then it'll be like really obvious, and then everything in your life will be different afterwards. Um, certainly, some people could experience that, but in general, I think this is those just little moments in life that we have where things feel aligned, where we're reminded of our own wholeness and our own humanity, and then we just carry that little nugget with us into the rest of our lives. So it doesn't separate us from our lives or from the world, but it helps us to bring that wholeness into our interactions with our world. So let's try it. I have a guided meditation for you that will help you to explore some of these in a more embodied way. So you can check that out. If you're subscribed to this podcast, it'll be in your feed. And if you're not, then you can check it out in the show notes. I'll have a link to it. So let's close with a breath together here. We'll inhale and exhale. The light in me honors the light in you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to Love Curvy Yoga. You can find more information about this podcast and all things Curvy Yoga at curvyyoga.com. If you love the show, please share it or even review it in iTunes. Both help us get the word out that yoga is a way to come home to your body and yourself exactly as you are today. Have a great day and curve on.